How are you feeling today, United Church? Everybody feeling good? Come on. What a day. What a day. Um, I believe, man, what an amazing, amazing morning it has been already. But hey, today, before we jump into the message, I want to give you a little bit of an update. Really exciting news is uh, if you remember, we've been talking about our Milford campus, which is coming very, very soon. And uh, this past week, we have been waiting on these steel beams, two 85-foot pieces of steel to come in. Can I tell you, they came in on Thursday, and we are super excited for that. And uh, they told us it was gonna take a week to install them, and uh, I showed up on Friday evening, and both of them were already installed. They did it in a day, and uh, man, God is really um, watching out for us when it comes to this, and we are so, so excited. How many of you are excited about getting back into the Milford community? I'm excited about that. It's gonna be amazing, but speaking of the Milford campus, I wanna tell you a story. Um, If you remind all the way back to September of 2019, Uh, September, doesn't that feel like 73 years ago? Anybody? That feels like forever ago. September of 2019, uh, we had launched our Milford campus and things were going amazing. We were seeing people uh, accept Christ as their savior. We were seeing people go public with their faith through baptism. We were seeing people serve the community of Milford. It was amazing and God was doing tremendous things. But about eight weeks in, um, I I got a phone call on a Sunday morning and uh, it was from Pastor Mark Tenefoss. Now, Pastor Mark Tenenbaum is one of our executive pastors here. Most of you guys know Pastor Mark, but, but let me just tell you this. Um, anytime that I am uh, getting a phone call on a Sunday morning from either Pastor Mark or Pastor Nick before I get to church on Sunday, come on, how many of you know I start praying as soon as I see their name pop up on caller ID? I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Come on, I'm like Carrie Underwood. I have that moment for a second. And so I start praying. I'm like, oh gosh, what, what's, going, what's happening right now? And so I pick up the phone and, and Pastor Mark uh, says this. He says, um, hey, there's something that I wanted to make you aware of. And anytime, like Pastor Mark or Pastor Nick leave with that statement, there's something that I want to make you aware of, like whatever comes next is not typically good. And so I'm like, all right, I, I want to make you aware of. He says, hey, we're, we're setting up at the Milford campus. And I'm like, that's awesome. And Pastor Mark always starts with the positive. You're like, that's right, he's amazing. He's like one of the most encouraging people I know. He's like, we're setting up at the Milford campus. He said, but we're setting up in the dark. And I'm like, okay. And I'm listening to this conversation. I'm thinking to myself, like, Pastor Mark's a strategist. And so maybe Pastor Mark's like this. Like, he's just like, you know what, today we're gonna set up in the dark. Because if you can set up in the dark, come on, you can do it in the light. Like, I just imagine it was like a strategy from Pastor Mark. He would never get to that decibel level. It would be like, if you can set up in the dark, you would set up, you could set up in the light, right? And it would be so encouraging. He would go like Ginsu knife to your heart and you would just be changed forever, set free. But Pastor Mark says this and I'm like, okay, that's okay. That's why I go, what's going, what's going on? He says, but, but here's the bad part is, is there's, no, there's no power at Milford High School. I'm like, okay. In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, we have pivoted from a lot of things. We have, we have adjusted for a lot of things, but not having power is not one of those things that you can really prepare for. So Pastor Mark gets on the phone, he calls Glenn, who was over buildings and grounds for Milford School District at that time, and he says, hey Glenn, he says, I got a little bit of issue. He says, we're here at Milford High School and everything's going great, thank you so much. Custodians are fantastic, they are very hospitable. He said, but there's one situation going on, is we have no power in the building. Just wondering if there was a switch that was flipped, something that you could do to resolve this issue. And Glenn's response to him was, was this, he said, Pastor Mark, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk out to the power pole by the road. And Pastor Mark retells this story to me, and it's as weird as it sounds right now. 
He says, I want you to walk out to the power pole by the road. And he says, I want you to look at the one with the transformer on it. And this has got that little, little southern drawl because it's Glenn from Milford School District. If you know him, you know. He says, I want you to look beneath the transformer of the power pole and I want you to see if there's a squirrel sitting beneath the power pole. Like, he wasn't like, check the breaker box. He wasn't like, did you plug it in? His, his, I want you to walk out by the road. Which, which pole by the road? It was this pole by the road. He says, I want you to walk out to the power pole by the road, and I want you to see if there's a squirrel sitting by the pole. And what we found was Petey, <laughs> the power snatcher, if you can't tell, this is a squirrel, folks. Big, bushy tail. He is dead, very dead, sitting on the ground right now. And some of you guys, we're gonna pay for the, uh, there's kids in here, we'll pay for the counseling, it's fine, okay? But Petey had decided, and I don't know if this was like a family like tradition, like, hey, if you wanna go out, this is a fast way to go out. Just jump into the transformer, quick, easy, down and dirty, just get, get rid of it, it's easy. We'll just be done with it. But Petey, the power snatcher, had snatched the power from our Sunday morning experience. You see, nobody has to explain to you. Nobody has to, there's kids leaving right now. Dear God, I just insult that. This is not good. Oh gosh. But nobody has to explain to you a situation when, a, when the power goes out, right? Nobody, when you're having a storm at your house, nobody has to explain to you that the power has gone out, especially if it's not at night. You can't see your hand in front of you. It is very clear when the power goes out. It's impossible to miss. As I started thinking about how we were going to end this series, how we were going to wrap up Promise Maker, Promise Keeper, I started thinking about the, the power that we so often reach for in our life, and sometimes it's just not there. Like there are moments and times and seasons, and maybe you've never verbalized it like this, but maybe you're in a season where you've always had power, like it's always come pretty natural to you, it's always come pretty easy to you, and you find yourself, whether maybe leading your business or leading your family or some situation that you find yourself in where you've typically had power, but you're wondering if there's going to be enough for you to get through. Maybe for you it's obvious, like there's zero power. Like you're in a situation, in a season, and you found yourself like on your back, like or on your knees, like where you found that it is very clear to you that there is no power. Nobody has to explain to you when the power of your life is missing. It's impossible to miss. But today what I wanna encourage you with is that God leaves us a promise, that God gives us a promise through his scripture. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this promise that his power is his promise that his power is his promise. And so today, if you walk away with anything I have to say, anything that you hear me say today, I want you to hear me say this, is that when you feel in moments in your life, in times in your life when you feel powerless, I want you to know this, that you serve a God who is powerful. Like in moments when you feel like you don't have enough power to get through, can I just encourage you and say that's okay, that's exactly how God designed it because his power is his promise. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're gonna be there in just a moment, but Paul is, is writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and, and we see that Paul, has, Paul has, has been through a lot of things. He's receiving a lot of revelations from God, and, and, and Paul has experienced a lot of highs in his life. I mean, Paul has, has uh, he ends up writing a, a, so much of the New Testament. Paul has, has done some incredible things. Paul's won people to Jesus. Paul has, has seen some highs, but Paul has also experienced 
some lows. We see that in this passage a little bit earlier that Paul has experienced, he's been shipwrecked, he's been beaten, he's been left for dead multiple times. He's experienced highs and lows. It sounds a lot like our life, doesn't it? That we experience mountaintops, and we experience valleys. And Paul begins to tell us about one of the valleys and the weakness that he experienced in his life, and he refers to it as in a certain way that we'll talk to in just a moment. But before we get into all of that, I wanna show you the promise that Paul gives us that's echoed from God and he echoes, and I wanna echo it over your life today from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the first part of verse nine. He says, but he said to me, who is he? God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. I love the second part of this verse, verse second part of the sentence. He says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Somebody say, my weakness. Say, my weakness. weakness. God's power. power. Let's say it again so that we get it ingrained right here. My weakness. Say, my weakness. weakness. God's power. power. And so we experience seasons in our life and moments in our life. Maybe it's every single day in your life where you feel like, man, you are weak. But can I tell you that when you are weak, God is strong. And Paul knew this to be true because he He faced an issue that you and I face. I made mention to it a few moments ago. It was a weakness that that he continued to struggle with all of his life, and he referred to it as the thorn in the flesh. Some of you may have heard this this passage. You may have heard Paul or maybe say, man, that's my thorn in the flesh. But Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, just a couple verses earlier. He says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. I love Paul like inserts a little humble brag there. It's like he's got some humility, but he makes sure that you know, but he's got some surpassing greatness of the revelations that he's received. He says, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Paul bookends this verse. He says, look, so to keep me from being conceited, a thorn in the flesh was given to keep me from becoming conceited. Conceited, And people have researched this and studied this and scholars have debated about what the thorn in the flesh was because Paul never comes out and outright tells us. Some people have said maybe it was poor eyesight. Some people have said maybe it was a physical abnormality. Some people have said maybe it was anxiety or depression. Some people have said maybe it was, uh, it was migraine that he struggled. Like people have said all kinds of different things. I don't know exactly what his thorn in the flesh was, but I wanna tell you mine. I tell you, there's something that I can have struggled with for as long as I can remember. There's something that I, I would consider to be the thorn in my flesh. And it's not a word that we use a lot in 2021, so I'll, I'll kind of take a second to explain it. But, but I feel like my thorn in the flesh is the word covered by the word condemnation. Now, if you've never struggled with that, like, you may not know exactly what that means. The, the closest brother to condemnation is, is shame. And when it comes to this thorn in the flesh for me, like there's things in my life, it is absolutely crazy where I don't even have to have done anything or said anything. Like sometimes like the enemy will just soft toss thoughts into my brain and all of a sudden I'm like, it's like I got uppercut by the enemy and I'm walking around for a couple hours, couple days, couple weeks with this low lying black cloud over my life of condemnation. Does this make sense today, church? 
and I, I feel this, and I'm walking through this in this shame, and, and I started to think something was wrong with me with this shame and condemnation, and then I met with my counselor, Dr. Antonelli, and he said this. He said, listen, the enemy will use shame and condemnation to render you useless to the kingdom of God. And then I begin to understand, oh my gosh, this isn't, I'm crazy. This is the enemy trying to make me useless to the kingdom of God. I was like, this makes so much more sense, but it doesn't make it better. Come on, how many of y'all know sometimes counseling, it makes it make sense, but sometimes it doesn't get better instantly? If you didn't say amen, you've never been to counseling. Come on, somebody. But shame, this, this condemnation, and for me, it's again, it's, I don't even have to say anything or do anything. I just find myself living under this. And some of you, let me, let me just take a time out because some of you are gonna like, pastor, maybe it's conviction you're living under. Let me just be really transparent with you. I've wrestled with this way longer than you've had an understanding between conviction and condemnation. Come on. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And once you resolve that and ask for forgiveness, come on, you move on in freedom. But condemnation is after you've asked for forgiveness and you move on, the enemy will heap that on you. And so it's not conviction that I'm struggling with. It is condemnation. I have wrestled through this for a long time. Professional in this area. I started to wonder, is, it, is there something wrong with me? And, and, that, and, and I started to wrestle this down. But, but let me ask you this. What's that thing that just keeps showing up in your life? Like that thing that you wish you could get rid of, that thing that you wish you could get away from. Let me ask you, is it possible that that's your thorn in the flesh? I brought a couple with me because um, I, I want you to maybe, I want to make this to maybe land on some, some hearts today. Maybe for you it's, it's anger. You just feel like it's constantly the thorn in the flesh, the thing that you resort to. Maybe for you it's, it's negativity. Maybe for you it's depression, anxiety. Maybe it's a physical, physical deficiency. I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling that you know and Paul gives us the greatest promise, I've already said, but I wanna remind you, Paul gives us the greatest promise that he could is that God's power is God's promise, that his power is his promise. The, the great news is it's not your power, that it's, it's his power. I wanna jump into the next few verses because I, I believe it's gonna be helpful as we, as we wrestle through this. In verse number eight, Paul, he says this, he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. In verse nine, but he said to me, we read this earlier, he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. There's something that God offers us. There's a power that God offers us. And the first thing I want you to see is there's power in his grace. There's power in his grace. If you're taking notes, I want you to write there's power in his grace. And I wanna ask you this question. How many times have you asked for the thorn to be removed? Paul says three times. Like, I'm probably somewhere hovering around 3,000 times. Like, I'm, I'm, Paul had a little bit more restraint than I had. Paul, that, that's why he wrote majority of the New Testament, because he's way more qualified than I Paul asked three times. I've probably asked 3,000, but Paul realized what you, what, he realized something that what I want you to realize is that God's grace is enough. There's power in his Grace, he says it again, don't miss this. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient meaning all that you need. Let me try to, let me try to connect here because um, I wanna make sure that you don't miss this. 
Like so often in your weakness, and so often in that thorn in the flesh, like you feel like it's a disconnect from your relationship with God. Like when you struggle with that thing, whatever that thing is, like too often it feels like there's like a, a, a plug of, of power that you plug into and it feels like it's been disconnected. You know how I know this? is because it happens to me. Because when I experience the, those moments of shame and condemnation, like I feel like the power of God has been removed from my life. I feel like I have retreated and I feel like God has retreated as well. Like, I feel like there's been a disconnect in my life. Maybe for you, when that anxiety, when it comes up in your life, like you feel like the power of, of God has been removed from your life. Maybe for you, when you come back into lust or anger or gossip or addiction, you feel like the, the power of, of God has been removed from your life. You feel like not only have you retreated, but God has too. Can I just encourage you? Because you feel like if God really cared, like you wouldn't face this. If, if God was there, that you wouldn't still struggle with this. And Paul would have, probably viewed his thorn as a barrier between him and God. And the crazy thing is, is that you and I do the same thing. Like God doesn't want to be near me. He couldn't want to be near me if I continue to struggle with this. Like God, why would you want me to preach? Why would you want me to reach a city or reach a state? Why would you want me to do those things if I continue to struggle with this condemnation when I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders? Why in the world would you want me to do this? And the entire time I'm saying that, I feel like God is whispering, maybe even shouting back to me, hey, Kenneth, there's power in my grace. There's power in my, I want you to understand that his grace is sufficient. Ch check out this next piece as he continues on. Again, he says, three times I pleaded, we're gonna read this a bunch today because I want it to stick. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. For my power is made perfect in weakness. The second thing I want you to see, the power that we have access to is is that we have power in his perfection. We have power in his perfection. If you look back at that verse, verse number nine, the second part says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The word perfect, if you were looking to the original language, it would be the word teleo, which is the Greek word to mean to make complete. To make complete. And when you think about this in your life, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to see. This is what, this is the kind of the rock bottom thing that I want you to know, is the difference between the power that you have and the power you need is the space that God completes. Oh, I don't think you got it today, 930. Like the difference between, you're like, oh, oh, Pastor Kenneth, I don't have enough. And God is saying, hey, that's amazing. He said, because where you drop off and where you need to be is the space that I fill in the gap for you. And so maybe you're like, Pastor, I feel like I'm about 81%. Well, guess what? God's got the other 19 you're like, maybe I feel like, some of you are like, I, I, man, I'm, I'm more like on the other end. Like, you feel like maybe I've got 15%. Can I tell you, God fills in the gap for the other 85%. He will fill in everything that you need in order to be complete. The difference between the power that you have and the power that you need is a space that God completes. I don't think y'all are hearing it today. Come on, because your deficiencies like where you lack, your weakness, the thorn that you feel like you're experiencing. God's saying, hey, you don't have to finish all of it. I'll fill in the gap. 
I don't feel positive. Can I tell you, God fills the space. I don't feel encouraged. God fills the space. I don't feel free. God fills the space. I don't feel like I'm able. Can I tell you, God fills the space. And so when that thorn of, in the flesh rears its ugly head, remind yourself there's power in his perfection. There's power in his perfection. It's his promise to complete everything in every space where you lack. And Paul gets to this point in this passage where there's kind of a transition moment. And Paul has talked about, hey, these are the things, this is the power that God provides, but he begins to show us some of the power that you and I bring to the table. So much of our life is, it's, it's amazing because so much of our life, there are things that, that only God can do, and then there are some things that you can do. I've heard it explained like this, like the supernatural piece, that, that God does the super, you do the natural, and together you receive the supernatural. Come on, the five loaves and the two fish, the, the, the loaves and the fish had to come from somebody. Water turned into wine, John chapter two, the water had to come from somebody. Like the natural happens, the super who is Jesus, who is, come on, he's the one that brings everything into perspective and then you begin to experience the supernatural. There's some things that he does and there's some things that you do. The first thing that he says you have power in is you have power in your humility. Now I know that for so many of us, this is um, not seen as a strength in our life, that the humility is not often seen as something that, that, that we get excited about. Check out what Paul says in the second half of verse number nine. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. He says, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, I'm gonna boast in my weakness. Why? Because I wanna take this, this, this place of humility because I, everywhere you look, everywhere you look in scripture, you see humble leaders who God moves forward that when people try to move themselves forward, come on, God moves them back. Everything in the kingdom is opposite. The way up is down. The way to the front of the line is to the back of the line. John said that he must increase and I must decrease. We realize this about scripture. We realize this about the kingdom of God. And let me just tell you that there's nothing wrong with godly confidence because some of you, I know like you're a tremendous leader in your family. You're a tremendous uh, leader in the community. You're a tremendous business leader. There's nothing wrong with godly confidence. He's just saying, hey, don't move into pride. Stay in humility. James says it this way. He says, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I've heard this verse broken down like this when it says that God opposes the proud that he literally holds you at an arm's length away. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be held an arm's length away from the author of my faith. Anybody with me on this? I don't wanna be held at an arm length away, the, the, the shepherd that we talked about last week. I don't wanna be held at arm's length away by God. And so what I wanna do is I wanna step into humility. He says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. There's something so special about humility. Because when you experience pride, the crazy thing about pride is that you'll only be as good as you are and you may be great, but can I tell you that when you step into humility, you'll be able to experience the greatness of God and that's far better than however great that you could be by yourself. Humility is so important. And then we get to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 10. And Paul ends it like this. He says, for the sake of Christ then, he says, I am content. As I read this, like, I just want you to know, let me qualify this before I read this. I'm not there yet. 
still, still a work in progress. He says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and calamities. He says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. He says, for the sake of Christ, then I'm content with, how many of us would really say, don't raise your hand right now because I don't want people to think you're like you're super spiritual, you know what I'm saying? They'd be intimidated by you. Like most of my prayer time doesn't, doesn't revolve around God. You know what, God, I'm so, God, I'm just content with all my weaknesses. Like if I could just stay right here, I'm content with everything that I currently struggle with, God, if that's, if that's, a, if that's what your lot for me, that's what I want. And even as I say it, like I'm convicted about it because maybe that's where I need to be in order to go to the next step in my faith. He says, for I am content with insults Come on, I, I don't know about you, but I don't just get content with people saying stuff on social media about our church or about me, like it still hurts. Anybody with, like when they say stuff about you? No? Let's do coffee. He says, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, and persecutions, all of the things. He says, I'm content with these things and calamities for when I am weak, then I am strong. There's a second thing, there's power in humility, but what Paul shows me through this verse is there's power in your perspective. There's power in your perspective. You know how I know this to be true? In my life, it's the difference between 2020 and 2021. Come on, can I just preach to the church real quick? <laughs> 2020 and 2021, you know what's changed? Not much. But you know what has changed? My perspective. Like 2020, I felt like I was a boxer on my heels. Like I was, I was, I was like, oh no, just taking shots, taking shots, body shots, body shots. But 2021, come on, I'm coming at it like Mike Tyson. I ain't gonna bite its ear off. Some of y'all like, that's gross. What that really happened? That really, anyways, but I'm coming at 2021. What's changed? Not much, but you know what's changed? George, you know what's changed? My perspective. My perspective has changed. You know what I wanna encourage you with? Maybe nothing's changed about your marriage, but you know what can change? Your perspective. Like you know what, your kids may seem crazy and you, you may think that she's too far gone, but listen, you can change your perspective. Those friendships that you thought were too far, like oh come on, can I tell you, it's all about your perspective. And when it comes to my thorn in the flesh, like I've been getting revelation as I'm preaching this today and that's, that like thrills my soul. I'm like, man, as I'm preaching to you, Holy Spirit's preaching to me, I'm about to have like a, uh, an altar call and I'm gonna come down myself. I'm, I'm legit, I'm, I'm serious and I'm, I'm thinking about this because I'm like, my perspective has always been, God, would you just take the condemnation away? God, I didn't do anything to deserve this. God, I didn't look at that like that. I didn't think about it like that. God, I didn't even ask for this. God's like, would you just shift your perspective? And I wanna ask you a question. Is it possible that your thorn is allowed by God to help you keep your eyes on God? Don't look at me like that, because I don't like this either. I'm not thrilled about this question. 
But you know what I realized? I done preached myself into a sweat today, folks. What, what, I, what I realized is this. Like, it's possible that God has allowed this thorn. He didn't cause it. Come on, there's a theological difference. Some of you were told like you weren't obedient enough and so you got sick. Come on. Like God can allow things, but he doesn't cause bad things. Is it possible that your thorns allowed by God to help you keep your eyes on God? What I begin to realize is this is that when I struggle with condemnation, when I struggle with that frustration of that low-lying black cloud on my life, you know where I run to every single time? The Father. And I started thinking about this, like, man, God, if that's what it takes, if it takes me feeling this way in order to run back to you, I hate it, I don't like it. God, would you take it away? I'm gonna ask 3,001 times and two times. God, would you take it away? But God, if that's what it takes to run to the arms of the Father, because I know that you're gonna receive me every single time, then God, don't take it away because I wanna be prompted to walk to you every single time. And when I feel weak, that's when he's strong. I love the days when I have a headache when I'm about to preach because I'm like, oh, it's about to be good up in here. I love the days when I don't feel like being at church because I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna let God speak and it's gonna be crazy. Revival's gonna, I just love those days because when I'm weak, that's when he's strong. When I'm feeling self-conscious, when I'm feeling like, all of the things that I may be feeling, I'm just so thankful because that's when his power manifests in our life. And today, I, I just wonder, I, I feel like today is a breakthrough day for you, if you allow it to be a breakthrough day for you. Because that thing, that weakness, that thorn in the flesh, it is possible that God has allowed it in order for you to keep your eyes on him. Come on, how many of you know that the sufferings of this present age are temporary, but one day we'll be glorified with him in heaven and we will spend all eternity around the throne. And so today, I, I, don't, I don't say this because I'm there. I'm saying it because as I've studied this and as I've preached it, I feel like God has taken me one step closer to being able to just, to be content as Paul said. God, if this is what you have for me, if this is what you've allowed for me to know you more, to love you more, because God, I trust that your power is your promise. So today, I just wonder for distraction's sake, if you would bow your head and close your eyes and Maybe today you're frustrated, maybe even angry with me because I preach this. Maybe you're not frustrated or angry, but you just, as I've talked about it, you have realized that this is exactly where you are. And maybe today you need to pray and say, God, I'm, God, I'm gonna venture out and I'm gonna thank you for that thorn, believing it might be the very thing let me just clarify, it's not the sin, it's the thought pattern or the, the prerequisite, if that makes sense. So it's not the, that God is allowing sin in your life to bring you back to him. He still will receive you, but I wanna be very clear. So maybe today you're like, man, I, I've heard this and this is so me. 
I need this in my life. Would you just throw your hand up right where you sit? Say, that's me, Pastor Kenneth. I'm receiving this today. Yeah, so good. So good. So good. Yep. You can throw them down. As I pray with every head bowed, every eye still closed, I just wonder if those that raised your hand, maybe those who didn't raise your hand, if, if today maybe we could declare it. Maybe the first time it's come out of your mouth saying, God, I'm, God, I'm, I'm content with it. Not necessarily thankful, I'm content with it because I know it brings me back to you. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for my friends who are here today. God, I... Um, I know that when you venture in and when I venture into talking about things that are this heavy, that are, can be this even frustrating for people, God, I trust that your grace has gone before, that your Holy Spirit is making a way. So God, I pray for every single person who today, um, they've been asking for the thorn to go away. But God, maybe today that prayer changes and they are able to say, God, I'm content because God, it will bring me closer to you. And so God, I. I pray for all those who are praying that prayer right now. And God, I pray for myself. God, Lord, if it's the condemnation and the shame that's going to draw me closer to you, God, I pray that you would use whatever it is that you wanna use to allow to me to be drawn closer to you. Jesus, you are so good. And thank you that when we are powerless, you are powerful. Thank you for your promise. It's in Jesus' amazing name we pray all these things. Amen.